Well, if you're excited to be in God's house this morning, give God one more good round of applause today. Amen. Hey, I'm excited for all the stuff that's going to be taking place in the month of June. If you did not grab this when you walked in, grab one when you walk out because there's a lot of awesome stuff taking place. Next Saturday, we got Upper Room, and then the 13th, we got Heart to Heart kickoff, and you can still sign up for Heart to Heart in the back corner over there. Also, June 16th is Father's Day. That's two Sundays from today, so be on board for Father's Day. We've got some awesome stuff we're giving away from Father's Day. And then June 30th, it's our kickoff of SummerSlam, but it is also Splash Kingdom Family night where we have rented out Splash Kingdom in Greenville. We want you to bring your friends. We want you to bring your friends' kids to kick off SummerSlam with us in Greenville at Splash Kingdom. And so there's going to be an awesome time with SummerSlam in the month of June. And also, we do want to uh, welcome back Hillary Evans to the church this morning. She is back from the Philippines for a couple weeks doing updates. And so this is the only Sunday she'll be with us. She's got a packed schedule for the rest of the time that she's here. So go say hi to her at the Redeeming Zoe table right over there after this service. She would love to see you, shake your hand, give you a hug, and welcome her back. And we're glad she's here. As you are opening up your Bibles this morning to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians is where we're kicking this thing off this morning in the fifth chapter and verse number 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. It's a real common verse of scripture that many of you guys know about. And so we're jumping off in a series this morning called Boxes. Boxes. And why are we going to talk about a series called Boxes? Because here's the deal. Um, the box that you are in when people meet you can become the prison that they hold you to. Usually when somebody meets you for the very first time, that's how they remember you for the rest of time. I remember I had a good friend in high school and we played soccer together and we gave him a nickname when he was in high school and then I saw him three or four years later after he had gone to college and I had gone to college and he came back for a couple weeks in the summer and I ran into them in the grocery store and I called him by that nickname and he looked at me like, I hadn't been called that in four and a half years. But the box that I met him in, I didn't let him get out of it. And then when he came back four years later and was a completely different person after he had gone through college and things like that, I kept him in that same box. So the box that people meet you in can become the prison that they hold you to. And so what we want to talk about this morning is how do you get outside of this box right here? How do you get outside of the box and the labels that people have stuck on you all over time? And so as we're in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse number 16, listen to what it says. From now on, that means every day, from this day forward, looking to where God is bringing us to, from now on, this is how we operate as TWBC. So this is basically right, Paul writing a letter to the Way Bible Church on how we're supposed to view one another from this day moving forward. It says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one or look at no one according to the flesh. So even though you look at me and see me in the flesh, and you may see my great height or lack thereof, amen, you need to begin to look at me differently than what you see in the flesh. It says, Furthermore, this is what we do from now on. Therefore, we regard, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we even once regard Jesus Christ according to the flesh. We regard him like this no longer. Therefore, if anyone, everybody say anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation.
The old has passed away. Amen. Can I just give God a hand clap of praise on that, that the old you is gone? I mean, somebody really needs to celebrate that this morning. Because you walked into this room, and you walked into this room under the stereotypes of the old you, but you know you're not the old you. You know God's done something in you, and there's a new you that's making its way on the scene. And so God's saying, I'm going to go ahead and cement what you already know in your heart, that the old you has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Amen. And I love the first part of verse 18, and it says, all this is from God. So elbow your neighbor and say, you better look again. You need to look again. And here's why. That's the title of this morning's message. It's called Look Again. Some of us would do very well to look at our spouse and look again. Because they're different than the fight you had last week. Some of us would look at our spouse and you would do really good to look again. Men, you ought to always do a double take at your wife. Come on, somebody. I'm giving you brownie points. I'm just telling you. You should always do a double take at your wife. Amen? You should look again because she's different from when you married her. Wives, you would do good again to look at your husband. Look again from who God is calling him into. Not the one who doesn't do the laundry right. Amen? Say that that again. Come on. Some of y'all read Facebook. Hallelujah. Not the one who doesn't do laundry the right way. Look again. At least he's trying. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Look again. Some of us would do very well to look at our kids again. Because they're not the spoiled brat that you called them five years ago. In fact, they'd matured some now. And we would do very well to look again because we can even put our kids in certain boxes because their personalities were certain ways when they were younger. But can we let our kids grow into who God's called them to be and not label them who we think they could be? Because a lot of our kids end up with mommy and daddy issues because we never let them graduate out of the box. We would do good to look at our kids again. You would do good to start taking a second look at people in this church because the Joey Archer that's sitting in that chair now is completely different than the Joey Archer I met five years ago and different than the Joey Archer that I knew in high school with long hair and different than the Joey Archer that I knew in the soccer field when they got in a fight with Pine Tree and I didn't go there, did I? I didn't mean to, Joey. I'm just telling on you. He's a different man. And we would do very good to look again. Some of you have transitioned into TWBC from another church. And when you walked in, the one thing you were afraid of is, how are they going to look at me? And I'm telling you how we're going to look at you. We're looking at you no longer according to the flesh, but we're looking again to see who God's called you, where you can plug in, where you can find a place to call home, where you can go further with Christ than you've ever gone. Look again. And I'm challenging us this morning to look again at not just where you came from, but a lot of us, in fact, all of us in this room would begin to do good to look again at our own self. Because some of the labels that somebody gave you and said what you were is not who God said who you were. And you've gone by somebody's what instead of his who. And you need to begin to look at yourself again. I don't care if you've been divorced. I'm not labeling you as divorced. I'm looking again. 
I'm looking again because there's more to you than the incident that happened 5 to 7, 10, 20 years ago. There's a lot more to you. And if I don't let you out of the box, but I keep you under that label, I'll never see the God callings in you that he's trying to open up. And aren't you glad all boxes open? God wants to open the box. I'm telling you, if I learned anything from preaching this as first service, it's to emphasize this term over and over again. Look again. Look again. Look again. And if you're drawing breath of life in this room this morning, I don't care your age. Look again. God's still got something for you. I need you to look again. You're not riding out your days into the sunset. I'm telling you to look again. There's a powerful thing operating in your life. Look again. Student ministries. Paul gave this word to Timothy. He said, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. But set an example for other believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. I'm telling you, look again. And when an adult looks at you, if you're in student ministries, give them something to look at. That speech, life, love, faith, and purity. And say, you better look again at the generation that I'm coming from. Because there's something coming with the following generation. And I'm, as a pastor, taking a look again. Because I'm seeing the God callings in them, not the labels that society has put on them. And I'm calling forth a new generation, a Joshua generation, that's going to come and change the world. So I'm looking again. I'm looking again. I'm not looking at this church as a church that's 20 years old. I'm looking again. And I'm seeing what God is calling us into, not how far we've come. I love the last 20 years, but I'm ready to see years and see what God's got going on. So can I tell you to look again? The box that you are in when people met you can become the prison that they hold you to. The challenge is growing outside the box of you. Other people, other people, and exposing the gifts of God that are inside the box is what we have to do. We must begin to challenge ourselves to grow outside of the box of me, outside of the box that other people have put me in. And how do I expose that gift that's on the inside of me, that's inside this box? The four walls of a box can be a home, without a door, they become a prison. Many people in this congregation this morning, you're living in a prison. You're living in a prison. And it's time that you begin to explore the gift of God on the inside of you. Look again. As we take a second look, I want to read out of the book of Genesis for a little bit. Genesis chapter number 2. And this is about the Garden of Eden. And when God planted a garden in the middle of Eden, He planted it with four rivers around it it had one source of a river flowing into it but it divided into four rivers that went around it and i want to challenge you this morning that if i use these terms meet me met me and let me this is what i'm talking about meet me met me and let me it's this meet me because i am more than when you met me let me get outside this box i need you to meet me all over again Meet me today for who I am because I'm different than when you met me. Some of you 15 years ago, some of you 18 years ago, some of you when I first moved here and, and I had hair like my youngest son, blonde and cotton-headed and hallelujah. But you never let me grow outside of that little T. Meyer boy. Some of y'all remember that term. Oh, them little T. Meyer boys. And you see me on platform and you still see a little T. Meyer boy. 
that moved here from Michigan when he was six. I'm different. I'm different. And I want you to see it different. So meet me. Met me. Let me. Meet me again because I am more than when you met me and let me get outside the box that's contained it. So Genesis chapter number 2 verses 10 says this, And a river flowed out of Eden. And a river flowed out, out of Eden to, the water, to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. And the name of the first river is the Pishon. And it is one that flowed around the whole land of Hevelah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Now, I didn't know there was such a thing as bad gold. But if there is such a thing as good gold, I want the good gold, amen. Because there's a differentiation of what God is saying here. It says there's gold, but in this land, the gold is really, really good for some reason. I don't know the difference between good gold and bad gold, but I would really like to figure it out because if God specifies there's a difference, there's something about it for the kingdom in it. And so it says, and the gold of that land is good. There's also delium and ox, uh, onyx stones that are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon, and it is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates River. And so to know the rivers that are available to you as a person, you have to look at the gifts you have on the inside of you. And that they came from the same source, but they all had different things that they offered. So all the rivers that we just read about, they came from the same source. There's a river that flowed into Eden, but then it divided into four rivers around Eden, and each river offered something different. In your life, there are things that are inside of you that must begin to come out of you as rivers of living water, according to what Jesus said. But I believe that because in the body of Christ we have been so narrow-minded that we'll label people with a singular label and we're thinking that that's the only river or vein they can flow in. But here it says there are four rivers that flew, uh, uh, flowed out of the Garden of Eden and each offered something different to the garden. I believe there's one source flowing into your life and that's God the Father Almighty through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And through the power of the Holy Spirit, as you read the written word of God, it becomes the living and active word of God in your life. As you read the word of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, it becomes alive. And so your source is always God wanting to get himself into you so he can begin to flow out of you, but not just in one direction, but in four different directions because there's more than one gift on the inside of you. There's more than one thing that you're good at, Andy Crouch. And I, and I would put cooking brisket aside, and you still got four others, amen, hallelujah. There's more than one thing that you're good at. And everything that's a gift on the inside of you, I believe is meant to become a river that flows out of you. I believe everything that God put in you that's good is meant to be a river or a source that flows out of you for the kingdom expansion here on this earth. And so let's look at these rivers just for a second. And there's four rivers there. And the first one is Pishon, and it means the river of increase. It is the one on which it skirts the whole land of Hevla, or it circles around Hevla, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There's also delium and onyx stones there. And so there is a river that flowed into Eden, but the river that flowed out of Eden was greater than the river that flowed into Eden because the river that flowed out and around Eden was called the river of increase. Yeah. Mm. 
Now listen, Jesus said this, you will do even greater things than these. So the source that's pouring into you shouldn't taper off with you. In fact, it should increase when it begins to come out of you. This is why the Bible says one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight. When you and Jesus begin to meet up, when you and Jesus come into connection with one another, the power source that he's plugging into you should increase as it flows out of you because it's the anointing tapping into the anointing and it doubles. But so many times we've become like the Dead Sea and we have this source flowing into us that we never let it flow out of us. And the reason the Dead Sea in the Middle East is called the Dead Sea is because it has a great inlet, but it has no outlet. There's a massive thing in the body of Christ, and I would call it the Dead Sea in the body of Christ because we got the power of God Almighty through the Holy Spirit flowing into us, but we haven't cultivated rivers to let it increase and flow out of us. And I also believe this, that the river of increase that flows out of you is not simply for you. It's going to bless you because God's not worried about what he can get to you. He's worried about how much his kingdom he can get through you. And if you can learn to open yourself up and spread your arms wide and say, I want a river flowing not just to me, but through me, he'll open up the gateway and let so much anointing pour through you because you're not willing to hold it on your own. You're willing to give it out to the kingdom. The reason why Jesus walked with such anointing, he knew it wasn't just for him. He knew it was supposed to go through him. That's why he always said, Bo, that the kingdom of God is at hand, and I want the anointing to flow through me, so I'm going to touch somebody with blind eyes and watch them open. There's more to you than meets the eye. more to you than you give yourself credit for. Everything good inside of you, all the good qualities about you are a gift of God to you that he wants to begin to make a river that flows out of you. And it should be a river of increase because this is the way the kingdom works. If you sow it, it'll cause increase. It's the process. You can name it whatever you want to. You can call it the flow into you will be greater when it flows out of you because you release it. The Bible says this, cast your bread upon the water and in not many days it'll return. It'll come back with increase. You can call it sowing and reaping. You can call it seed time and harvest. You don't matter what you call it. God has always worked like this. And if God always works like this, he wants to expand the kingdom of God through you not just get it to you. And church today, we just want the kingdom of God to get to us. But when we flip it and begin to go past our personal needs, because the river was not just for the needs of the garden, it flowed around Hevla, it encircled this land, and it was for the nourishing of the land. So it wasn't just meeting that need, it was meeting the needs of the things around it. If we'll get our eyes focused off our need and focus them on what God is wanting to meet through the needs in the community or the needs of the people at our workplace, I promise you this. If you'll meet God's need and let a river open up through you, he'll meet your need and heal you in the process. Some of you, your healing hasn't come because you're holding it like this. And God's saying, if you'll release it. If you'll use what I'm trying to do in you to pray for somebody else and begin to release it, I'll bring the increase of it. See, it's not how much you can hold on to. It's about how much you can release. The second river is this. It's called the Gihon. It's called the river of bursting forth. It is the one that goes around the whole land of Cush. 
Because we've sheltered and capped off the rivers of God that are in our life, I truly believe this, that some of us have something on the inside of us that is wanting to burst forth, but because of the box and the labels people have put on us, you say, I guess that's just not for me. But I'm telling you, it's like Jeremiah said, it's like there's fire shut up in my bones. There's more to me than just selling real estate. There's something in me that's bursting forth, and i got to let this thing go. But in the body of Christ, many rivers have been capped off because we didn't know we were supposed to burst forth. And I'm telling you, you're supposed to burst forth. You're supposed to explode onto the scene and watch the power of God come and surround the land of Cush. Cush means black land. And watch the bursting forth from within you. Change the black land around you. And if you'll only go by the labels that are on you, you'll never burst forth with what's really in you. Because there's a lot more to Joel T. Meyer than pastoring a church. There's a lot more to me than meets the eye. You may only know me as pastor, but I'm telling you, I, I want to write books. I'm telling you that I don't, I don't necessarily sing, but I definitely know how to worship. And some of us have limited our gift of worship because you don't have a platform worthy voice. When God says this, I want to see you make a joyful noise that's not hindered by what people think about. And I want you to celebrate and worship me for who I am. And if, if the book of Revelation says this, day and night, night and day, incense is going up before the Father. I want to be a part of that movement that my worship is always going before the Father. And so I may not be able to carry a tune in a bucket, but I can tell you I know how to worship. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. And I'm not letting you define me. Well, Joel can't worship. I can worship. Amen. Singing's a different thing. <laughs> I can worship. And I'm going to worship with the best of them. David was known as a worshiper. David was known as a man after God's own heart. And David's heart for worship not his voice for singing, his heart for worship caught God's attention. Come on, somebody. When nobody was around in the, in, in the wilderness, it caught God's attention. And God said, this is a man after my own heart. And his heart for worship promoted him to the palace. But here's the problem. Many of you are looking at the palace and not the heart for worship. So if I become a worshiper, I'll get to the palace. That's not what I said. You become a worshiper because you're a worshiper. You become a worshiper because you are, you, you are uh, uh, so in love with him. You become a worshiper that you can't sleep at night because you want to just keep singing praises to him. You want to keep telling him how good he is. You become a worshiper because he's, can all you, he's all you can think about. You become a worshiper because he's driving the heartbeat of your life. You become a worshiper not because you can sing. You may get a voice for singing after you learn how to worship. But if you're only using your gift of worship to get you to a palace... <laughs> You're simply prostituting out the gift on the inside of you. There's something bursting forth in some of your lives. And you need to look at your neighbor and look at your coworker and say, you better look again. Because I'm different than I was six months ago. I'm different than I was last month. God has touched my life four Sundays in a row now, and I'm different. And I'm telling you this, that some of you, you've lived a life of a mess for so long, and now you've encountered the great message of God with the gospel that you're going to need to live out the message so you can outlive the mess that's following you. And I'm telling you to hold true to the message of God. 
Because listen, when you have lived a life that's a mess and then you encounter the message, when you start living out the message, it'll override the mess that was following you. In fact, God says you're a new creation. All that's gone. Now, now listen to this. All that is gone, but people aren't as quick to look at you as the way God looks at you. So what God does instantaneously, he's going to give you the strength to live out day by day and continue to live the message day by day. And I don't care what label people put on you. I don't care what box they try to keep you in because they can't keep you in this box. They're not going to keep labeling you that when you keep living out the message day in, day out, day by day. There's more to you than meets the eye. There's more to you this morning. The third river is this. It's the Tigris River. And it's called the rapid is what it means. The river that is rapid. Now what that means, it's not a kayaking river where you're just leisurely going down a stroll on a kayak. What that means, it's more like a whitewater rapid. That means the term rapid is a river of power. It's a river that comes with power. And so God says from the one source that flowed into Eden, there was a river that bursted forth from it that was the power of God. Come on, somebody. It's time for the church to walk in that again. The very power that God created you for. The very power that God wants to do things in your life with. And some of you, 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 you've heard about the power. You've experienced the power. But you're concerned about what people will say about the power. So you're capping off the river called rapid or power in your life. When God said power is the only thing that's going to get you through the next season of life. And so I'm telling you to unleash that river of the power of God in your life. And let him begin to do awesome things. Now, my favorite one is this next one. It's the Euphrates River. And and Hillary, it means fruitful is what it means. The river of fruitfulness. And if the world needs to see anything from the church, it's called fruit. If the world needs to see anything from the church, it's called fruit. And here's what I love about fruit. Fruit will open up opportunities for you that education can't. Fruit will open up opportunities for you that intellect can't touch. Fruit will open up opportunity for you that skills and talents can't match. Fruit will open up opportunities and doors for you that the things of the world that the world says they need can't touch because the fruit of God is greater than the intellect or the wisdom of man and they're not going to know why they're picking you. They just know they're going to pick you because your fruit is so much greater than their intellect. Now, here's the deal about fruit. Fruit is meant to nourish somebody else. And here's the deal about nourishing somebody else. It doesn't necessarily mean it's another believer. What it does mean is some of you are mad that your boss is a lost, ungodly heathen when maybe God's trying to get you to produce a river of fruit in your life that'll get him born again. And church people all the time are praying to work in a Christian environment when I think you need to be praying to work in an uh, adverse environment. I think you need to go find lost people. There's There's a reason why I like to have meetings at Starbucks. It's because I encounter lost people there. Sitting and having a meeting with you in my office, I don't like to do that because I just see you. You're already born again. You're already filled with the power of God. It does us no good to have a little kumbaya in my office and talk about how good God is when our fruit is for the lost people who don't know how good God is. The fruit is not for you. 
The fruitfulness that God is bringing you into is for the people around you. And if you've got an ungodly, heathenistic boss who breaks all the rules, who breaks all the laws, you need to count yourself worthy as carrying out the mandate of Jesus Christ, and you need to feed him the fruit of the gospel along the way. Because God loves your ungodly, heathenistic boss just like he loved you when you were the ungodly, heathenistic employee. And he still loves you. But he still loves the lost person with the exact same passion. The disconnect is, is we've capped off the river of fruitfulness. And we wanted to eat the fruit for ourselves when the fruit was never meant for us. Our substance and our sustenance, both of them, come from the Holy Spirit and the power of God flowing into us. The fruit produced by it is for the people who don't know Jesus and the people around us. Many of you are trying to eat the fruit of your own goodness. And goodness is a fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. You're trying to eat the fruit of the own self you're producing when the fruit you're producing is supposed to feed the people who don't know Jesus. The joy in your life is not for you. The joy in your life is for the people around you. The joy in your life is to feed the environment that you walk into that's not joyful. The joy in your life should be such an awesome part of your personality trait if you are in the kingdom of God that when you're gone on vacation for a week and come back, people should say, wow, I missed you because it's just not the same without you here. Or when you walk into the office, they just say, oh, you're back. (laughs) Right? So here's the thing. The fruit produced from you is to nourish and to change the atmospheres around you, in your home, in your workplace, in your drive to work, in your conference meetings, in the midst of the ER, in the midst of wherever you're at. Your fruit is to transform the environment that God is bringing you into. And this is why Jesus said this, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, out of his heart will flow, not a river, it says rivers of living water. So out of you should flow rivers. Each river had a different gift of how it was gonna impact the garden. Out of you should flow rivers, different gifts of you of how you're gonna impact society around you. Out of you should flow something so great that it transforms the world that you live in. Now, my kids right now, they're harping on their daddy because my kids really, really, really want a swimming pool. And not like a a little pool, like when they were two and three and anything would have did from Walmart, right? They want a pool pool. Like they want one with the big rocks that they can jump off and do crazy stuff. They want one with a slide. They want one that's got like the hot tub, so when it's cold, they can get in the hot tub, and then, right, they want a pool pool. Like they want this, they watch Pool Kings, and it's ruined their daddy's life. Come on, somebody. And so, so Frankie, I got to keep telling my kids no. I got to keep saying, guys, we're not getting a pool, mainly because mommy said no, we're not getting a pool, because daddy would really, really like a pool too, right? Come on, somebody. So my kids the other day, we had bought some patio furniture that we were saving up for, and there was a box about as big as this speaking platform that's about that thick, and they had asked me about a pool, and I said, we can't get a pool right now, and I said, I'm gonna go outside and mow the yard, and they said, well, can we play with the water hose? (laughs) Yes, great substitute. Pool, water hose, pool, water hose, we're good. And I'm mowing the yard, and I look over, and they have drugged this box out into the driveway. 
And they had turned the water hose on, full blast, and they're filling up this cardboard box. Now listen, this cardboard box is like the thick cardboard, you know, like, like when you're having a bonfire, this is the one you want because it'll burn like a log, you know what I'm saying? And so this thick box, they begin to fill it up. And I just feel like, oh, isn't that awesome? So creative. They're going to get themselves a pool, <laughs> right? But after a while, as I kept watching them, I, I finally stopped and went over. And I said, what are you guys doing? It's like, Daddy, we're getting a pool. <laughs> we're getting a pool. And they had one source of water hose filling it up. But about the time it got half full, I started looking at the bottom four corners. And it started bursting forth out of the four corners of the box. And you know what they did? They got more excited about the bursting forth out of the four corners leaving the box than the one source that was coming into the box. Now they could play inside the box and outside the box. Come on, somebody. And have a blast in the yard and the box. But they thought it was a swimming pool. My kids, by faith, get this. This is how I know we're getting a pool. Praise God. I'm just kidding. My kids, by faith, didn't get what they wanted in the moment, but they began to use the giftings that they had to get them the desire of their heart in the moment. And it didn't matter that the cardboard box that they pulled out became a swimming pool for them that then bursted forth and all their Marvel creature comic people game went all over the yard. They got the desire of their heart because they did the very best with what they had in the moment and it bursted forth into something greater. God is not holding back from you the desires of your heart. He wants you to start with exactly what you have. And with the one source that's flowing into you, there's no telling how many sources can begin to flow out of you. Yeah, and praise God, our water bill was high this month <laughs> from all the water flowing out of the source that flowed into them. So real quick, I want to go over some quick points before I close. The first thing is this. The rivers flowing out of you are not a side hustle. And listen, a lot of people in their life use the rivers and the gifts that God has given them simply as a means of monetary income for their household, which isn't necessarily bad, but your gifts are not a side hustle. Your gifts are not a side hustle. And what I mean by that, money funds your mission, but money is not your mission. Money, it takes money to fund the mission, the work that you're doing, but money is not the overall goal of the mission to make a lot of money. So when you start using your giftings and you're starting to see increase flow out of you and God brings more increase into you, money is not your mission. We got to remember, we do not serve the God of mammon. We serve the God who gave us the man, Jesus Christ. And so many people, as they begin to see increase because they let the river go, get sidetracked with a side hustle because they start looking for money and not the mission any longer. There ought to be things that you can pour out of your life into somebody else's life that they can never repay you for. You just do it because it's in your heart. You just do it because it's simply in your heart. Crystal, I remember talking to you years ago, I guess it was about three years ago, about a vision that you had in your heart. And you were thinking of how much you had to work to see the vision come to pass because the people you wanted to give the vision to couldn't afford it. She wanted to do it just because it was in the goodness of her heart to do it, not trying to make money on it. And she wanted to say, I want to do this because it's bursting forth from within me. There should be things we do just because we can, not because we'll get paid for. There should be things that we do just because it's within our ability to do so. 
If you have set if you have rivers set up in your life, you do not always have to prostitute yourself out to the highest bidder. You don't always got to take the next promotion. Because God can bring a bunch of rivers of increase in your life that you don't need the next promotion that's going to cost you 40 more hours of a week that you're already putting 40 in on and making an 80-hour work week where you have to avoid the mission. There can be ways that God can increase your life where you don't have to always take the next promotion because it's not a promotion if it's costing you all your time. Yeah, that's good. It's not a promotion. And we, 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 we no longer in the body of Christ have to sell ourselves to the highest bidder. Come on, let's just set somebody free here this morning. I don't want you selling yourself. I want you to find the mission in your heart. Let me ask you this question as I close. Could some of your frustration in this life simply be this? Could some of the frustration in your life simply be this? That life hasn't used up the resources that God put in you. Could some of our frustration be we're not fulfilled because you know there's resources in you that should be bursting forth out of you and the world hasn't been able to tap into what God is trying to get through you. So some of our frustration is not that the world's so bad. It's we haven't found an outlet for our resources. I believe all the answers that the world needs can come straight from the throne room of God through any believer that's out there because of the resources that he's already put in the earth in you. Mike, you better look again. You better look again. There's more to you than that man sitting in that chair. And I'm telling you to look again. I'm telling you to go back to your first love. Look again. Because with that, there's more to you than meets the eye. Don't let people label you. Don't let people look back on you. You may, have to out, you may have to live this message to outlive the mess, but I'm telling you, there's more to you than you're giving yourself credit for right now. And I'm telling you, take the labels off your box. Get out of that box because you have resources inside of you that the world needs and you're going to be frustrated in your life until you are able to release those resources within you into the world around you. So get ready. There's going to be a bursting forth in your life. You're only limited by your own creativity. Look at your life. Look at what you can do for the people around you. You're only limited by your own creativity. Some of you got gifts and talents hanging off you, but you won't realize how creative you are and to use it for something else. You're only limited by what you'll let God show you in the creative places in your life. Labels that are put on you by others can be a foundation to build on or a prison that contains you. It's up to you. And we need to stop waiting for good stuff to happen to us. The church, by and large, looks at their life and say, when is something good going to happen? We need to quit waiting for good stuff to happen to us, and we need to identify the gifts within us. Dale, we need to identify the gifts within us. And if we're always waiting, Dale, for just something good to happen to us, we're going to be waiting a long time because the world doesn't want good to happen to the church. But if we'll identify the gifts in us, the church can be good to the world that needs it again. Genesis 49 says this, and this is Benjamin he's talking to, and it says, Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning, he devours the prey, and in the evening, he divides the spoils. What does that mean for you? It means there needs to be some intentionality about your life. 
and you didn't want what you, you didn't know what you were walking into this morning but you walked into a passion that's burning in this church for you to awaken like a ravenous wolf that wolf that will go out in the morning and conquer things for the kingdom of God and hand them off to the next generation hand off the spoils to the next generation and set them up for success it says Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. He devours in the morning. He goes finds everything he needs in the morning so in the evening he can feed his family well. The church needs to go out and start devouring some of the things that God's put in us. So in the evening we can hand them off to the people who need a river flowing into their life. And as I close with this statement, what if the problem is not you needing to get out of the box, but you needing to let God out of the box. What if the problem is the God you know today hasn't changed at all since you met him back in 1946? What if the God you've known for 60 years hasn't changed at all? I would say we have fallen victim because we have put God in our box how we want to view him. And if we'll let God out of our box that we put him in, maybe it'll change our life. If I'll let God out of the box that I met him in in 1988 when I first met Jesus and I put God in this box of what I thought he was if I haven't let him out of the box since then I'm gonna cripple my very own Christian walk maybe the issue is it's not that I need out of the box it's first I need to open the box and say God you are free to come out and be who you are because I know the Word of God says you're Abba Father but I also know the Word of God says you're God Almighty creator of heavens and earth and if I've stuck you in this box it now means I'm God and you're not so I don't want to just know God as Abba Father oh I want to know him as Abba Father don't get me wrong I don't want to limit him to Abba Father I want to know him as Abba Father but I want to know him also as the great I am I want to know him also as the Prince of Peace I want to know him also as Lord God Almighty creator of heavens and earth I also want to know him as omnipresent I want also want to know him as all-powerful I also want him to know him as the God who's coming back to take his bride home I want to know him in every facet of who he is but to do that I got to let him out of my box I can't keep him there any longer so I'm gonna ask everybody around to stand I'm going to ask you all to stand. And with every head bowed and every eye closed for the next 30 seconds, I'm going to ask you two questions. The first question is this. If you need to let God out of the box and have a fresh encounter with Him this morning because of His Son and through His Son, Jesus Christ, I want you to hold your hand up real high. Maybe you've never met Him. Just keep your hand held up just for a minute. Their hands up, going up all over the auditorium. If you've never met Jesus Christ, I want you to slide out right now and go make a, a prayer with one of the ministers that will have a lanyard on all around the auditorium. We've got ministers all around the auditorium. If you are one who needs to make a decision for Jesus because you've never made him Lord of your life, I want you to slide out now and go pray. If you have held your hand up and said, hey, I just need a fresh vision of who God is in my life. I need to let God out of the box. If you are the one holding your hand up, I want to invite you to come to the altar and pray on your own. Or I want to invite you to go to one of the ministers that are around and go pray with them. Because I believe this. When we let God out of the box and quit labeling him and putting him in prison, he'll be the God that we've always prayed to him to be. He'll be that God. 
Finally, this, this morning, if you have any needs in your life, whether you're depressed or you're struggling with an addiction, whether you're hurting or whether you're just in a state of blah and you don't know what's wrong, nothing's good, but nothing's bad, nothing's moving, but nothing's really starting, and your river just seems stopped up, I want you to just take a step out and go pray with one of the ministers around here. They, they're equi equipped and qualified to meet every need that you have. This morning, if you need to come and take the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ through communion, line up between section one and two and the altars are open for you. Whatever you do today, first let God out of the box that we've put him in. Second is this, at yourself, at your own life, according to Psalm 139, I want you to look again. God, look at my heart. See if there's anything in me that doesn't need to be. Awaken me to the things of you that you created me for. According to Psalm 139, here you go. Get ready to move. Take a, take a look. It's never going to be the same after right now. Because here we go. In three, two, one. The altars are open. Begin to move. Come to the altar and let's pray together. We are so glad that you joined let's us here again. at TWBC. You are our online family. Right now we want to take a special moment and invite you to say a prayer with us. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we want to give you the opportunity to make the best decision you'll ever make. If you need to make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life, pray this simple prayer with us right now. Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life. I understand and receive the sacrifice that you made for me. I thank you that my sins are forgiven. I thank you that you paid the price. And I thank you now that you are Lord and Savior of my life. I believe that you have been raised again from the dead. And I thank you today. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I receive my salvation from this moment on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer with us, thank you so much for joining us this morning and being a part of the family of Christ. We're so excited that you prayed that prayer with us and we wanna say welcome to the body of Christ. We'd love to follow up with you, so if you prayed that prayer, send us a quick email or reach out to us through social media. We would love to get in contact with you and help you find a place above if you can't make this your church home. Thank you again for being a part of the Way Bible Church and thank you for tuning in to this broadcast.